Chapter 29 describes the investment of the Kohanim as priests. The process which must take place before the priests can assume their full role as those who serve inside God's temple. That's most of chapter 29. And the description of this service, this very interesting service, both emphasizes the wearing of the garments. The very wearing of the garments is part of being invested as a Kohen. And it also involves a sacrificial service. One becomes a priest. One becomes one who may bring sacrifices. And what uh, inducts one into the priesthood is the bringing of these sacrifices. So this is known as the Miguim, the seven days of preparation for service and for the calling of the uh, priest. At the end of chapter 29, the Torah says something about the very nature of this Mishkan, the very nature of the temple. Chapter 29, verse 42, The Torah speaks, beginning in chapter 38, of what shall be offered upon the uh, altar twice daily, known as the Karban Tamid, the daily uh, sacrifices. One is brought in the morning. One lamb is brought in the morning. And the other is brought in the late afternoon. So every day there are minimally two sacrifices brought, the two tzmidim, one in the morning and one in the afternoon. And together with these sacrifices, there's flour and oil and wine. That's called nisachim. And the Torah says, These sacrifices are to be brought for all generations. Petach omoed, in front of the tent of meeting. The sacrificial altar was not inside the tent, was just in front of it. Just as one enters the tent. And, God, and the Torah says, before the tent of meeting, Asher Iva Eid Shama, the place where I will meet you, Iva Eid. Iva Eid is related to the word Oel Moed. Oel Moed, the tent of meeting, is synonymous with the word Mishkan. Verse 43, I will meet you there. There I will meet with the Israelites. It will be sanctified with my presence, God's presence. And I will sanctify the tent of meeting and the altar. And I will sanctify Aaron and his sons to serve, to be priests, to serve. And I will dwell amongst the Israelites. As we mentioned earlier, in the great chapter 25, I will dwell amongst them. It doesn't say in the Mishkan, in the temple, but amongst them. And I will be for them a God. Verse number 45. Now verse 46, V'yadu, and they will know, Ki ani Hashem Elohehem, 
They will know that I am the God who took them out of Egypt in order that I might dwell amongst them. I am the Lord, their God. I am the Eternal. So the Torah, in chapter 46, actually gives us a reason, gives us the reason for the Mishkan. The reason for the Mishkan, the reason is Viyadu. They will know that I am the God who took them out of Egypt for the purpose of dwelling amongst them. So the question is, how do we know? How do we gain knowledge from the Mishkan? It sounds like the purpose of the Mishkan is Viyadu. The purpose of the Mishkan is to know. And the Torah even plays with the word Yada. It plays with it, not from an etymological standpoint, but from a uh, literary standpoint. The place is the Oel Moed, Vino Aditi, Asher Iva Aid, verses 42, verse 43, and now, Viyadu, and they will know. It plays on Yada, and it plays on Noad. No and it plays on Moed. But how do you gain the knowledge? So there are several possibilities about how one, through the Mishkan, gains knowledge of God. One could simply be that knowledge over here is not a function of intellectual knowledge, but rather experience. From the very fact that God is nearby, or God is present, or God is in our midst, there's a kind of knowledge which is gained from the experience, for the experience of being close to God, or perhaps from the experience upon occasion to enter into the sacred space. And certainly our representatives, our kohanim, are often in the sacred space. So there's a knowledge gained from experience. The word yada doesn't always mean intellectual knowledge, but knowledge from experience. That's one possibility. One could argue, I suppose, that there's another knowledge of God which is gained not simply from the experience of entering into the Mishkan or being close, proximate to the Mishkan, but if one studies the very Mishkan itself, one studies the vessels of the Mishkan, the Ark, the menorah, the sacrificial altar which is in front of the Olamoed, the incense altar which will be discussed in the next chapter, in chapter 30, the various kinds of sacrifices that are brought. One, I suppose, could make the argument that if one studies this temple, one comes to an understanding of the one who was present in the temple. The Mishkan, after all, is from the word Shachain, to dwell. It's the place of God's indwelling. So from someone's home, you can often see a lot about the one who lives in the home. And that will be a second interesting avenue to explore about how one gains knowledge. But I would suggest a third possibility, and that is that the Mishkan is not simply a place where God is present, but the Mishkan is a place where God meets us, the Noadity, the Olmoed, and most importantly, it's the place from which God speaks. After all, the Ark is the first vessel mentioned in the Mishkan in chapter 25. And above the Ark are these Kruvim. There's a cover to the Ark, and there are the Kruvim. 
the two cherubs, which are on top of the uh, ark. And there, back in chapter 25, verse 22, I will meet you there. I will speak to you from above the cover. So I will speak to you from between the two kruvim, which are upon Aaron Ha'edut. There's a play over there as well on the word Edut and Mo'ed and Yada. So the Mishkan in the Torah is not just a place where God is present, but a place where God commands. God speaks and continues to speak after Sinai in the Torah from the Ol Mo'ed, from the place of meeting. One comes to know God. How can one know God? Question that the Rambam was obsessed with that question in his guide. How can, what can one know of God? And I would say that I'm not sure how much we can know about God, but if we can know anything about God, presumably, we can know something about God from what God says, from what God seems to care very deeply about. When we look to chapter 24, the Torah described those commandments that Moses brought down from Sinai when God spoke to Moses alone after the people in chapter 20 said, we're afraid to hear God's voice. And Moses wrote them down in the book and read them to the people. And the book was called the Book of the Covenant. And when we study chapters 21 and 22 and 23 and then 24, certain things are highlighted by the Torah. The treatment of the gear, of the stranger, of the marginalized one. The concern with oppressing people on the margins, the Inui, mistreating the orphan or the widow. And above all, the Torah's campaign to limit, and eventually the rabbinic tradition eliminated, slavery. Those are things apparently that God cares very deeply about. So when we study God's teachings, God's Torah, we can come to know something about God. The Mishkan is the place in the Torah from which God continues to speak. If you understand, says the Torah, if you have God in your presence and are attentive to God's voice, you will come to know God and you will understand the purpose of God taking us out of Egypt, the purpose of giving us the freedom, the purpose to serve God, and the purpose is to serve a God about whom we have some understanding if we listen attentively to what God is saying.